You're listening to Super Power Up with multidimensional master, superpower expert, and former counterintelligence agent, Tonya Donrekla. If you're ready to disrupt reality, then sit down, strap in, and prepare to experience the show that proves there is no spoon. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, your superpower expert, and I am so excited to have back on the show today Gary Douglas from Access Consciousness, the founder, the brilliant mind behind a well mind, brilliant beingness, uh, you know, that allowed this thing to be birthed into the world that's had such a profound impact globally. Um, we talked. Oh, goodness, years ago about um, brought him on the show talking about the intersection between superpowers and access consciousness. So I'm not going to get too much in depth there. If you go to the site, we'll have a link to that prior episode. But why I asked Gary to come back on the show today is we're going to talk about choose your reality. And and I want to take this so much deeper beyond the whole concept of thoughts become things and how our thoughts create the world. Um, you know, my impression is that from a collective consciousness perspective, we we kind of get that at this point. You know, those those of us who are on the journeys are, um, and and so beyond that is well, it's great and it's all flowery to say that we want to change our realities and change the world, but are we really really ready for that? It's a it's like you know, a tiger can only change its stripes if it's willing to change its stripes. You know, and so it doesn't really matter how much of this work you do, how much developmentally you assist other people. If there's resistance to actually seeing reality shift and, and reform in front of your face. And so that's that's the conversation we're going to have with Gary today. So um, we'll jump right in. But first of all, Gary, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, we're, we're always delighted to share your wisdom um, to our audience here. It's, it's priceless. And, um, you know, we just really honor you and the work that you've done in the world so far. We're excited to see what you're doing next. So. Um, it's always, it's always fun to hook up with you, but let, let's dive in and talk about, so you and I were talking before, before we got on here about, you know, choice and how our choices impact what happens next. And, and and like I said, I think we kind of get that, but could you talk to the audience for a minute about what, what is that, that choice looks like? It's not so much decision-making, but, but allowing, can you expand on that? Well, it's like my basic point of view is that every choice creates something. You know, it's like when, you know, it's like if you kind of look from the point of view of everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly is their own creation. And that's the way I see the world. It's like whatever we like or don't like is something we created. And if we ask, how did I create this? You start to see where you made a choice and how that choice created that result. What if every result was created based on every choice you made. What if you made a choice and that choice created something different? What choice could you make that would be different? And, you know, it's like if you look at, well, you look at our president. President, he makes choices and it has impacts over hundreds of thousands of people. But how does he make his choice? He tweets it. Does he think about it? Does he figure it out? Does he see what the results are going to be? No, he just tweets. He just decides and he does it. When he decides and does it, then he does it. And there it is. It's so amazing for me to watch what occurs. He makes a choice and thousands upon thousands of people are, are affected by it. You know, that's a person who has a relevance in the world, at least from his point of view, 
and uh, and he, you know, he wants more than anything else to be in control. So it's like, but what if we started looking at it from not the control we can get, but the creation we can have? What could we create that would be beyond anything we can imagine? And it's like, let's start going beyond our imagination. Let's go start going beyond what we can and see what else is possible. Because that's the place we all begin to create from. So do you see it as um, like different aspects of us are making choices or how do you determine like which perspective you're going to have or, you know, how to make that choice in a much broader, more expansive way? Is it, um, is it just opening that up or is it that there are like well, conflicting motivations that we hold? <laughs> well, it's like the thing is most of our lives are conflicting motivations. We have no clue. You know, it's like I was told when I was a kid, you can do anything, Gary. Just don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Why shouldn't I do those? Well, those are not good things to do. What? You said I could do anything. So if I can do anything, why can't I do those? Because those are not good choices. Uh, well, that makes me want to try them. So it's like, so I would try the things I was told not to do to find out whether I really wanted to do them or not. And it's like, and I found the easier way to do it which is this, uh, I, I, I went to the point of view, the question, if I choose this, what will my life be like in five years? If I don't choose this, what will my life be like in five years? And one of those two feels more expansive. And so I will always choose the more expansive choice rather than the most contractive choice. Well, and then and that leads us back to kind of the the te- the immediate gratification concepts, right? And and what's what what do you prefer more, what or what matters more to you? And and then and then on the flip side of that, we we have to talk about the responsibility that goes along with that. And um, some of the patterns that we see in in, the, in our work here is that there's this you know, resistance to like, like the very thing that would allow you freedom, which is recognizing that the reality that you're seeing is based on informed from the choices that you've made. But along with that comes this, you can no longer blame anything else, right? You can't be a victim to anything else if you accept that as, um, as truth. And so, so there is that kind of weighing of, for folks, I think when they sit at that threshold of accepting full ownership of the choices that they make and, 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 you know, we could probably jump in all kinds of conspiracy theories as to why we tend to relax more into the program of victimization and blaming than we would the very thing that gets us what we claim to want. Um, you know, how, how do you kind of help people walk through that threshold? Well, that's the purpose of the question. If I choose this, what my life be like in five years, not what it will look like. What will I have? What will I choose? What will, you know, what will the life, the world create? It's like, if I choose this, what will my life be like in five years? If I don't choose this, what will my life be like in five years? And it's like, when you start to look at, okay, so where do I want to live? Do I want a more expansive world or a more contractive world? Sorry, my doorbell just went off. No worries. <laughs> I have a strange doorbell. It it's the Adams family. You know. 
I was wondering what that was. I was like, that doesn't sound like any doorbell. I love it. Of course you do. It's, it's the Adams family. I mean, it's like, it's so appropriate to me. I, I feel <laughs> more like, you know, uh, Uncle Festus, but, you know, just because I feel like that doesn't mean I have to be that. Uh, you know, but it's like the main thing is, it's like if you start to function from this thing of asking, if I choose this, what will my life be like in five years? If I don't, what will my life be like in five years? You start to function from that point of view and that question. So what happens is you see this glimmer of a greater possibility by either doing it or not doing it, rather than is this the right thing to choose or the right thing to do? And you stop you stop giving up the idea that there's a right or wrong point of view. There's not a right or wrong point of view. There's just a point of view. So what point of view could you take that you haven't even considered? You know, if you start mm-hmm. to look at, okay, what can I create here? What's actually possible here? You start to look from a different point of view. And it's like, and if it's about what your life is going to be like, then you're going to have a different choice and a different reality than if it's what's it going to look like. And most people go for what it's going to look like. They want to know what the picture is going to be of their world. I don't care about the picture. I care about the possibility. Picture is not as relevant as possibility. If we start to look at what's possible by our choices rather than what we get from our choices, then we start to see that, okay, this possibility is going to be greater than this one. It was very interesting. I Years ago, I had this lady who had a lot of money and I didn't, and she wanted to furnish her house. So I found some things for her that were just fabulous. And one of them was a, uh, a Murano mirror. It's about from the 1800s, maybe 1700s, not sure. But it's a beautiful thing. And uh, I thought it was so beautiful. I went, gosh, if I had money, I'd buy this. So I'll sell it to her. And I did. And recently she decided to downgrade and buy a smaller house. And she's decided she's getting old. Sad when you decide you're getting old. You know, it's like, I am old and I'm not getting old. So therefore it's too late for me. So I went, I would love to have this thing. And she wanted to sell it. So I bought it and I put it up in my house. And I just look at it every day and I go, oh my God, you're so beautiful. Thank you for the contribution you are to my life. Because what I see in life is everything is a contribution to us if we're willing to receive everything it has to give. And it's like beauty is not just in the eye of the beholder. Beauty is what shows you the gift you can receive and the gift you can be. So what beauty are you refusing that you don't even know you're refusing, but you are. Mm. When you start to get that and you start to see this, like, things start to change in your life. So I ended up with this beautiful mirror that 15, 20 years ago, I got this lady to buy because I knew it was stunning. And people have been telling her how it's the most beautiful mirror they've ever seen for years. But that didn't contribute to her. Mm. I do not understand that. (laughs) You know, it's like, for me, it's like, I mean, it's like, I have the strangest house in the world. One of the things I did is I sent my uh, house lady to an auction. It was an auction of stuffed animals. And one of the things they had was a 12-foot alligator. I said, how much is it? They said, well, they're only at 300 now. I said, buy it. 
So she bought it for $400, a 12-foot alligator. So people walk in the house, and the first thing they see when they come into our house is a 12-foot alligator. And we call him Rover. Rover? You named your alligator Rover? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Gary, you're delightful. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's like, so we've got Rover there just, you know, hanging out, looking at things. And it's, it's an amazing thing to see because it creates a smile on people's faces. And little kids love to go sit on him. Mm. You know? Beautiful. And you see that there's a whole different world that exists if we're willing to have it. What do we have? What could we have? What is actually possible? But that's the thing of living from, uh, you know, that's the thing that's the gift of being in the world. And it's the being that you're choosing. So I chose to be that person. Well, if I choose this, what will my life be like in five years? And it's like, I got the humor of it. I got the gift of it. And people come in, they go, whoa, whoa, what? What's that? I go, an alligator? Not alive, is it? No. It's stuffed. Oh, okay. And they relax, which I think is hysterically funny. Who the hell is going to have a 12-foot live alligator in their house? Oh, Gary, you make but it sound so easy, right? It oh. is easy. The problem is we've always had the point of view that you have to get it right. And if you think you have to get the right answer and do the right thing, then what you do is you spend your entire life judging you. What if you never had to judge you again? What if you just chose to be you, no matter what that looked like? Chose to see the gift you are, no matter what that looked like. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Gary, I'm so excited to dive in a little bit more deeply with this because I know you all are listening and it's, you know, it does sound easy, right? So, and Gary says it is easy. And those of us who've experienced it, it is easy. So let's dive into this when we come back from the break. And talk about how you can make that easy for your life, too. If you, if you want to know more about Gary, go to accessconsciousness.com. Um, we're talking with him today about Choose Your Reality. Stay with us, because after the break, we're going to dive in more deeply here and, and, and teach you how to employ some techniques now to make your life that easy. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. And we want to thank each of you for making Superpower Up the number one podcast network for personal development and spiritual growth. Because people like you have the courage to say that mindfulness, healthy living, disrupting reality, the pursuit of consciousness, responsible entrepreneurship, and radical parenting matter. We now amass over 1 million downloads monthly in more than 90 countries. Our numbers keep growing because there are far more people willing to live divergently than mass media wants to acknowledge. For you, the change makers, the light bearers, the way showers, we say thank you. If you're ready to take the next step in your evolution, go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz. And as Neva Lee Rekla, our youngest podcaster, likes to remind us, remember, we all have superpowers and we can change the world. Awesome. We're back. You're listening to Superpower Up Network. This is the Disrupt Reality Show. We're talking with Gary Douglas today about Choose Your Reality. And before the break, Gary, Gary sharing his story about Rover as alligator and, um, and just how easy it is to kind of relax into the beingness of it all. And you mentioned judgment um, and, and, you know, you, you talk to any kind of thought leader on judgment, where it came from or why we do it and all these other things. I think most of them agree that it's pretty toxic. 
but obviously it's something that we like to relax into all the time. And so how do transition, how do we transition away from this kind of perfectionism, this wanting to be right, this, this, this not wanting to make mistakes concept or, or, or even the regret, right? The, the replaying of everything um, into this expansive viewpoint that you're talking about, knowing that it's going to shift our world, right? I think sometimes that's the bigger fear, right? Is, is like, wait, this is going to be weird. And it goes back to what you were talking about, about, you know, we're kind of obsessed with what's it going to look like? What are we going to get, right? Some of that feeds into that need to know, that desire to have assurances before we step willingly into the expanse. Um, how do you help people navigate that? Well, first of all, they got to get that judgment is always toxic and judgment is always about the rightness or wrongness. It's never about the choice. And it's never about what your choice is going to create. It's about whether you're going to get it right or you're going to get it wrong. Those are the things, those are the only things that people act as though they have any relevance, but they don't. You know, it's like, what if nothing was, you know, anything except a choice? But if everything was choice and you had to choose, what new reality could you create? What new possibility could you have? What difference could your life be? It's like, so for me, it's like the one thing I've done is try to teach people to question. Be in the question, don't look for the answer. And it's like, I don't know, when I was young, they taught us, be aware of the consequences of your actions. <laughs> Every choice you make creates consequences. Which basically what they were telling me is if I chose wrongly, I was going to suffer. <clears throat> and it's like, what? Why is that the case? How come that has to be the case? Isn't there a different possibility and a different choice? And so I was always looking for how to create a different possibility and a different choice because I didn't like the idea that I was going to get in trouble for what I chose. I just wanted to be able to choose. And for me, it's like everything is about what choice do I actually have here that I'm not acknowledging. What, you know, it's like, and one of the things I get try to get people to do is go, okay, it's like, what's right about this situation I'm not getting? When something seems to be going wrong, if you ask the question, what's right about this I'm not getting, or what's right about me I'm not getting, ever notice you can go to what's wrong with me that this isn't working? That's the first place most of us go. And it's not correct because you're asking what's wrong. All you can see is the wrongness. You cannot see what's right. So you got to change the perspective into what's right about this or what's right about me that I'm not getting. What if there was nothing ever wrong with you and everything was right about you? You know, it's like you just would have to change your perspective. And if you started to see the rightness in you instead of the wrongness in you, you open the door to that gift called you. Because when you are totally present in life, you are a gift. And that's what you got to get to, that place where you are the gift of life, not the problem in life. And it's like we've been taught to be problem solvers. I'd be willing to bet money that a whole lot of you out there look at, well, I'm a problem solver. Wow, that was a good title to give you. My mother <laughs> said, you can solve any problem. Yeah, then I spent my life looking for problems to problems. solve. It's like, and the only thing that was valuable about me was the fact that I could solve a problem. But when I got to the problems I couldn't solve, then I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. and it's like, and I had to find a different way to function. 
So when it shakes your definition of self when that happens, right? It's like it makes you question who you are. Well, it makes you question your abilities rather than who you are even. You know, it's like, well, if I was really good, I would be able to change this. Mm -hmm. What if it wasn't about whether you're really good? What if it was about what choices do you actually have that you haven't considered? So what do you attribute to how some some people are able to see these things more clearly? Some people opt out more freely. Um, do you abide by any sort of um, divine concepts or design concepts or fate concepts or something that dictates like, I mean, inevitably you, you look around and, and some people you can, can speak to this eloquently. You see it, you see it perhaps more easily than other people do. What determines that, like our ability to really step into these spaces? Well, it's like I think the most important thing is to see what does my choice create. And I I read a book years ago, The Metamorphosis by Franz Kafka. Did you ever read that? Mm -hmm. I did, yeah. I I couldn't recall any of it, but I read it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, but here's a guy who, like, chooses to live in his room, stay in his room, and becomes a cockroach by it. You know, it's like, uh, say what? You want to choose something that's going to turn you into a cockroach? Not exactly your best choice, but a choice. And if you start to get, wait a minute, if every choice was as clear as that, that you could either choose to become a cockroach or you could choose to become a bird, which one you would you rather be? Well, that sounds like a very easy question, but I've met plenty of people who claim that they'd want to be the bird, but continually choose to be the cockroach because, uh, I mean, they know it. Like, even though they're miserable, they understand it and they become comfortable there. Um, Yes, it's familiar. It's familiar mm -hmm. territory. You got to have that courage to go to the unfamiliar. And that's, that's, that's what, you know, that's the, the topic for today's show is the idea. So many of you contact us, reach out to us, you know, I, I want to change the world. I want to do this different. I want this in my life. I want that in my life. And, um, and all of these conversations and ultimately at the basis of it is exactly what Gary's talking about is, are you sure you're even willing to have your world change? Because most well, of us get comfortable in what we know and, and we're not actually as willing to change it as we claim to be. Well, the good news is I've become comfortable, I've become comfortable in not knowing mm-hmm. and asking questions. But it took a while. I mean, I had to work at it because I watched, I watched my friends say, well, this is the way it is. Okay, good. And they didn't like anybody who didn't fit in their concept of the way it was. Mm-hmm. But I found some of the most interesting people in the world were some of the mo- most bizarre people in the world. <laughs> I enjoyed them. Because they had a different way of looking at the world, a different way of thinking, and a different way of functioning. I went, ooh, that's fun. And they went, that guy's weird. I went, no, he's not. He's just not like you. Mm-hmm. And I began to realize most people judge to exclude. And they judge the people they can exclude. It's sort of like having a gated community. purpose of a gated community is to determine who you won't let in. You know, it's like... What if you had no gated community? What if you had only a, a great choice? And what would the greatest choice be? Do you, ever ask yourself, do you ever ask yourself why? Like, why you? Why you know this stuff? Why you're able to see it differently than other people? I know that you've worked at it. And, and, I, and I appreciate that you give credit to the fact that this is this is work. Like, you have to choose this over and over and over again. 
But at the end of the day, you at least had the awareness to explore it. Do you ever ask why? My mother, it's my mother's fault. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> Actually, what my mother said to me, you ask too many questions. And I went, oh, okay. And I kept asking questions. I didn't stop asking questions. I kept asking questions because from my point of view, every time I ask a question, I gained some awareness or some possibility or got some information that gave me a greater sense of what was actually possible. And I was interested in the greater sense of what's actually possible, not the lesser sense. But a different person would have taken that and not used it as fuel and motivation to expand, right? A, a, a different person True. could have easily taken that and had carried that judgment and constriction for the rest of their existence. So at the end of the day, it's, there's still, I mean, is there some wiring? And, and you've talked before about still, humans and humanoids. It's still your choice. It's still mm -hmm. your choice. As a humanoid, you have a tendency to question everything. I mean, the one thing that always cracks me up, a humanoid, you can tell if somebody's a humanoid because the humanoid will always go take a job, work there for three weeks, three months, or three years, and at the end of it, go, God, I hated that job. But they knew after three days or three weeks or three months, they didn't want the job anymore because they discovered they knew everything they wanted to know about it. I was always trying to discover what else I could find out about, what else I could learn, what else was possible. And it's like, truly, what else is possible was an operative state of being for me. I did not understand how people could not question the things they were choosing, the things that were there available to them. Was but inevitably, actually possible to you know, consider. Yeah, but the proof is, is that the majority of people don't. You know, that's something that we're constantly reminding um, folks who get kind of discouraged with their own journey and kind of their ability to, to kind of work through some of this stuff is, is, is still the reminder that the majority of the population is. I mean, all you have to do is turn on, you know, get in Twitter. My daughter the other day, I was like, She's like, mom, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I opened Twitter. And I like, I can't get out. Like I'm watching this thing go. She's like, mom, close the computer. And I was just like, this is a train wreck. Like I'm just watching all this go on. And I'm like, is this really a commentary on, on our human existence? And, and it was, it was like this black hole that I just kind of got sucked into. And I was laughing about, um, you know, like I like to kind of look out at from time to time and see how, um, how off my perception is, right? How 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 mass perception might differ well, what, from what if, how I see the world. Your, what if your perception is not off? What if your perception is the only one that's right? Well, I you know I I, I would tend to agree with you on that one, Gary, because I'm really no, just kidding. But okay. it, but it, but the numbers, right? The 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 mass consumption. I, I don't disagree yes, with well, you. Obviously, I you, feel like you, this is you made you made a dreams. comment earlier about how you know the uh, collective consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I used to, people would say the collective consciousness equals this. And I go, I just have a small problem here. I see a lot of collective unconsciousness. I see almost no collective consciousness. <laughs> Where are you seeing collective <laughs> consciousness? That's a phenomenal reframe. <laughs> yes. And that's how I reframe my world. You call, you talk talk about it as collective consciousness i talk about it as collective unconsciousness <laughs> Aptly described. You question this? <laughs> why would you not question this why would you think that it was okay to not question when mm -hmm. in question 
all things become possible. Whereas answer, nothing but that doesn't match your answer can come into your awareness. You can't have it. Well, I will tell you, there's an undeniability to what you're speaking to. And, and when, whenever I get asked the question, which is why I'm you know, kind of hounding you about it, because I'm curious about how you respond, but it's the, uh, whenever I get asked a question about like, you know, why you, or how, how did you know this? Or why do you know this, all this stuff? And, and it, you know, it's like, I, I don't know, like, I can't, I can't really speak to it other than to say that, I, I can. It, you know, I can, okay. I can tell you why you're the way you are. Perfect. You're weird. <laughs> now, oh, that's that's our daughter's the, favorite you know word. What, you you know the definition of weird? Tell me. The old definition of the word means of fate, spirit, or destiny. I love it. Yeah. So it's like if you look at that and you see that you're a fate, spirit, or destiny, that's a whole different world. Mm. Mm, that's beautiful. We we had adopted that word a long time ago. Um, in fact, we tell people, especially superpower experts, that we do do weird better than most. But um, but I, I hadn't heard that that definition of it. So thank you for that. Yeah. It's well, it's like you know. See, I I, I read Shakespeare when I was young. I loved Shakespeare. I was mm-hmm. a weird kid. You know, it's like <laughs> my dad said, "Well, let's go to the movies. We can see a double feature of Randolph Scott and John Wayne." I said, "No, thanks. I want to go." I want to go to the Old Globe Theater and see Shakespeare. He says, you can't even understand what they're saying. I said, mm-hmm. but I do, Dad. Yeah. They go, you're a weird kid. I went, yeah, I am. Okay, good. <laughs> you know, and I began to realize it's like Anne in there. They talk about the witches that are the weirding women. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. are the fate, the spirit, and destiny. I never put that together. I love you. You're so fantastic. The weirding one. I, you know, it's like I, I love all this bizarre shit that I know. It's like I know more trivia about more things, which all fit into all the things that I have to create in life, and I'm grateful for it. You know, it's like, and and I, as a kid, always look things up in the dictionary. You know, it's like. And I still tell people, look at it up in the dictionary and see what this means. Because mm-hmm. they, mm-hmm. use, words, they use words all the time that they have no idea what they're saying. I go, mm-hmm. your, wor- your life is showing up exactly the way you say it. What do you mean? Well, use this word. What does that mean? It means this. I said, actually not. Look it up. And they look it up and they go, oh, my God, I didn't realize mm-hmm. I was saying this other thing. And it's like, we don't realize that what we say is what we get. What we think is what we get. I had mm-hmm. an experience of, I was, I was sick and tired all the time. And so I was having a, a fight with my wife and she left the room and I, God, I'm sick and tired of this. Oh my God. <laughs> and I realized that I had been Ding. saying for months that I was sick and tired of this, this relationship. Mm. And I went, okay, I got to change this. and. But it's like I stopped being sick and tired that day. I'd been sick and tired for mm-hmm. for six months. But it's like mm-hmm. we create this stuff, and we don't see that by what we think and what we say, we create exactly what shows up in our life. Yeah, we noticed that. We, I never we, have enough money. I said, is there such a thing as enough? She said, what do you mean? I said, what's enough money? I don't know. 
I said, yeah, then when you say there's never enough money, you don't know what that means and you don't know what you're saying and you don't know what you're asking for. Well, and you don't give yourself a chance to be anything but miserable because you're, you, it's a trap. Like you can never have enough if you don't clearly define those terms. And so yeah, one of the techniques exactly. we teach people is that if you're going to judge yourself, if you're going to let some aspect of you judge you for something and make you feel crappy about it, it at least has to define the terms because you have to know what it would look like if you actually got it right. Because otherwise it's just, it's a yeah. trap and it's designed to keep you miserable and it works. What would, yeah. And what would happen if you knew what you were saying and changed your point of view? Now, it's like my business partner, Dane always says, your point of view creates your reality, not reality creates your point of view. Mm-hmm. It's true. We used to teach that. My husband and I met teaching at the counterintelligence special agent course, and we actually were, were able to teach soldiers and government officials this concept of, you know, perception and reality and, and that the, the, um, how the eye and brain work. Right. And, and so, and it was so fascinating because you're taking agents who, you know, for the most part, we're trained in really, really rudimentary kind of very, um, strict, literal, conservative kind of worldview, material worldview, and teaching them these concepts of, of the fact that like we, we don't know, you know, and, and the perception truly does craft reality. And they got really discouraged for a while. And, and the few that could open it up and be like, okay, wait, so what are we really looking for here? Right. And, and does that mean our job is worthless? And does that mean all these things, right? Because you kind of go to that space. And, and it's like, no, what, we're, what yeah. we're offering is the closest thing to, to truth, quote unquote, that, that you can find for yourself is is looking for all of these things like i i think the whole world is like my own little like scavenger hunt right there's symbols everywhere there's something everywhere and it's like if you're not looking for that insight in everything those clues and everything then you're not paying attention um and it's just too convenient and easy to to label it right we do that from our own fear of like you know i i want to feel safe and therefore i want to say well i'm not that look at look at i that's bad i'm not that therefore i must be okay or or, oh my gosh, okay. I am that, and I'm horrible, you know? And I have, um, I have to argue with you here. Please, please. I don't believe in fear. Well, I don't fear know that, it, that those individuals believe fear in fear either. Okay, now, let me prove to you you're not fearful. In an emergency situation, do you get calm, cool, and collected and handle it, or do you fall apart and run away? A. I vote if A. If you get calm, cool, and collected and handle it, you have no fear. So fear is a created agony. Right. Of a, of a potential future that you, or you're no, saying no, you don't want to experience. It's just agony. It's just, it's just bullshit. Total bullshit. <laughs> you're like, stop trying to intellectualize it. This is going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. This is going nowhere. You're, you're buying bullshit. You're selling bullshit. Stop nice. selling the bullshit. Stop buying the bullshit because it still tastes like shit. I love it. <laughs> all right y'all here heard it here first so the next time i say you know you're operating out of fear you gotta call me out it's bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> well then why do we do it because you're taught it you know your parents taught you that you had fear when you didn't i mean i you know it's like for years i thought i was fearful because the first time i went to a carnival they had a ferris wheel and i was waiting to get on the ferris wheel and i was jumping up and down and stuff and i was all excited and my mother says honey it's like you don't have to be afraid and i went oh this is what fear is but it wasn't 
you know how how hard it was for me to get laid? Because I thought when I got excited like that, I was fearful. I was afraid of sex. Uh, no, I was excited. Well, it, it, I, I like that you said that because the one of the comments that, that came to my head while you were talking is is a lot of it, in my estimation, is, is just having the audacity to claim it, right? Having the audacity to 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 do something different, ha- having the audacity to say, you know, I choose to be free of that. Um, and, yeah. and, and then it's the unpacking of all of that that goes along with it. So, so, so these minor little blips, you were talking about language and we, we discovered in our house, one of us had picked up this crazy thing of saying, okay, well just let me do this thing and then I'll be, did it, or let me do that. Let me do it. And I'm like, whoa, I'm like, where did we get this from? Like who brought it into the house? Like, why are we all repeating it? Like, this is insane. I said, what are we really saying here? And, and, and we, we unpacked it to like, who can let you do anything? Right. But, but it had, you know, it's just a casual saying, but it has impact, right? It, it starts to create this yeah, kind of concept that's, that's of who we thing. are. You know, your words create what shows up in your life. So what are the words you're using that's creating a life you don't want to be choosing? Beautiful. You know, and that's the thing I go to is, okay, so what do I really want to create here? Or what could I create that could be different? Beautiful. What would be the well, greatest choice and the greatest possibility for me personally? So where where does that fit into? I know some of your, um, I mean, even in your bio, it's like your your desire to like, what can I do to help help the world, right? So how does that? How does doing you have an impact in in that way of helping the world? Well, it's like if you're truly willing to be you, then you will not give up your point of view, to make somebody else feel good, or to make somebody else's point of view right. You know, it's like when Trump was first elected, I saw people in the store talking mean and nasty to Mm -hmm. the Hispanics saying, I'll be glad when you're out of this country. And it's like, and my personal point of view, I won't be. These people work good. They work hard and they work for less money than you would. You know, it's like, I'm grateful for the people in my life and I'm grateful for the people that show up and I paid the people that work for me better than most anybody else does. Why? Because I'm grateful for them and I'm, and it's like, I don't want them to leave. Don't leave me, please. I need y'all. Now I'm talking like a Texan. You are, you are. But at what point in time do we have to accept responsibility for the choices we made that would allow a situation like Trump to enter into the picture? Well, the thing is what, you know, what we don't do is we don't say, hey, this is wrong. You know, one of the things that's difficult for me is that, you know, not since Nazi Germany have they taken kids away from their parents and separated them and put them in different internment camps. But Trump is doing this and nobody seems to think it's bad. I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Do not get this. So I'm in question. So it's like, at what point does somebody actually look at this and consider this a crime against humanity, not a rightness? What makes it right for somebody to determine who can come to this country instead of letting them determine it? Because that's the way it used to be. You know, what, 
what is it that people are choosing? And mm-hmm. why does that seem to be a right thing from their point of view? Well, and there, there seems to be a pretty intricate kind of ripple effect here because there's an undeniability, at least from my vantage point, of the intricacies that happen in, in choice. And so while, while you choose for you and choose, choose the reality, um, there, the co-creation kind of concept of where, where I see people get most tripped up in this is, is how do you kind of, you make your choices and you feel like you're in control and this is expansive and everything else, but then you have a situation where this person made this choice and then that has that impact on their existence. And it seems to be this entanglement that, um, I don't know if it's by design to keep us from not kind of expanding forward or if it's just kind of the, the tripping up mechanism. Um, but it starts to become kind of like, you know, we kind of shake our heads like what's going on here because the perception people have is that they made a choice. Therefore they're, they should be experiencing the expansiveness and they're unable to, um, how do you kind of unravel that? Well, like what I look at is I don't see, I go, okay, so what would I have to be or do different for this to change? What would I have to be or do different for this to change? And I look at that all the time. And it's like, every time I turn around, what would I have to be or do for this to change? And I look at everything from the point of view of, I need this to change. Okay, I would like this to change. What do I have to be or do different for this to change? And it's like, and I'm willing to change anything in my world to create a change. So let's take the Trump example. So for people who feel similarly to what you expressed, like what can the individual do then to change their um, reality that then has an impact or... Is it, is it to impact well, the greater good or is it, is it to I mean, imp- or what lessen I did your susceptibility? I, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like when I was at the store, I said to this woman, I said, uh, excuse me, do you realize this person has a green card and lives here and was born here? Yeah, but they're speaking Spanish. I said, yeah, because their family spoke Spanish. They're multicultural. Bet you can't speak Spanish. Uh, the, the, I stopped her in her tracks. Mm -hmm. She had to go into question about what she could choose after that. Mm -hmm. You know, I was being and doing what I could be and do that could create a different possibility. Beautiful. Well, there you have it, folks. That's, that's the power that we, that we carry, right? That's, that's the power of our choices and, and to look out ahead and say, you know, what are the implications of this? And, and, is it preferable to me? And if not, are there, is there another choice I could make here? Um, and, it, and it's an art. It's a practice, folks. You have to, you have to work this. I, I mean, just in this conversation alone, you can see how you start to pull on threads and you see their rootedness. You see how certain words have framed realities. Um, and, and, and I appreciate, Gary, the, the courage of, of saying that when, when it's not necessarily popular and, and it's not necessarily... Um, designed to keep you know keep you in good good steed with everybody, but it but it does have an impact for you and 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 the ripple effect out from that. Um, any any final words for folks before we wrap up? Uh, yeah, be you and change the world. Come on, guys, get with it. <laughs> you're a powerful force in the world. Now stop pretending like you're pathetic. I love it. Oh, you heard it. Get off your desk, folks. So. 
We've been talking with Gary Douglas on the Disrupt Reality Show. You can find out more about him at accessconsciousness.com. We've been talking about choose your reality. And, and, and it's not simple. And it can be easy if you put it into practice. So um, until next time, folks, go out, uncover your superpowers, and change the world. Take care, everyone. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.